My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts and let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. Hi, Wendy. How are you? I'm elated. Guess what? This is a perfect time because my book just arrived. Awesome news. I saw your email this morning. How exciting is that? I can't I love believe it. it. I can't believe it. Awesome. I really can't believe it. This is the most humbling experience. I, I, I I've been it. crying and, you know, it's just, um, it, I'm going to shut this off. There we go. Um, it's just been, you know, the whole, my whole recovery process. I started writing a blog in 2013 and this is the end product now. And uh, it's amazing. Well, let's talk about that. Actually. I'm curious, like, um, Tell us about the book, because I, I, first of all, congratulations. I know how hard it is and how much work it is to get anything published. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations for that. And I love that it's about recovery and I'm not going to say how to recover, but an aid to recover well. How about that? Yeah. Um, I wrote this book originally. It was a very different mindset and quickly, early on, I quickly realized that I really did need to find a new way to live. I was, you know, so addicted for 40 years of my life to prescription drugs. And when I went away to get treatment, I I had heard a lot about holistic healing, you know, and um, I started to do a lot of research And I started to surround myself with a team of holistic professionals. And and I still had my primary care physician, traditional medicine. And um, this is how I recovered. So the the whole trajectory of the book changed. It went from, let me pour out my heart with all of the trauma that I went through and other people will resonate with that. But then it changed once I started learning and all of these amazing tools that were out there for me to use as a, a um, living with natural and organic solutions to recover with, yeah. um, I the whole trajectory changed. And so although in each chapter, I do give a snapshot of something that 
may have either precipitated my, my drug use or exacerbated my drug use. I focus more on the spiritual solutions and self-care practices that have uh, helped me to heal and recovery is lifelong. So I continue to heal and I continue to every day, there are new things that are made available to me. And so I just keep adding these things into my toolbox. Well, I love that. I, and it is a lifelong uh, process, but a wonderful one. And I, what I love that you pointed out is that I think a large part of recovery is moving on with your life in a positive way. And leaving that other stuff behind you, not forgetting about it, not ignoring it, not being arrogant or cocky, but learning how to live outside of it yeah. and without it in yeah. a positive way. And it is wonderful to hear you say that because I try to, when people ask me, well, you know, how do you recover? And I said, well, I'm always going to be, I'll have those tendencies, right? So, and I have to manage them the right way and be and, and live a productive life and not put myself in positions to make bad choices. How about that? Um, and that's part of it. There's responsibility there, but there's also what I call like living in the sunshine part, like you just described that you move on in wonderful, positive ways because you've learned how to recover and live your life free of drugs or alcohol, prescription drugs, whatever it might be. And that's the beauty of it. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to be four years here soon. And all of a sudden the time that you stop, the gaps are longer between thinking about, you know, where you came from not in a bad or cocky way, but you just move on with your life in a great way. It's, it's you have wonderful. to, because uh, this is how I look at it. Anthony, I think to myself, I spent, I'm going to be 64 in April and I spent 40 years of my life more than that now. So 50, really 50 years of my okay. life. Um, living with mental health disorders and numbing myself, self-medicating with prescription drugs. So if I continue to carry that in my day to day, and as you say, not in a cocky way, right. remembering where, where I came from and how, how that journey took me through some very challenging times that I did not have the coping skills to navigate in a healthy way, um, that I just want to acknowledge it. And then I want to move on because yeah. I don't want to waste another day of my life. I've wasted enough time already. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I have 50 years of addiction and abuse under my belt. Um, this isn't a side-by-side -side comparison, but I know what you mean when you're like, I want to be, I want to be done with that part now. Yeah. It, respect it, honor it, give it its due maybe. Yeah. So I don't go back, but I need to move on. And yeah. I, I think writing the book in all the great things, because I too do believe that it's more very often than one program. I, for me, it was a psychosomatic approach, exercise. I had to participate in my recovery in multiple ways, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. And I think you have to find that balance for each person is probably, I think, unique. And a holistic approach is great because I think that there's a lot that the earth can give um, and a lot that living clean can give that traditional medicine all due respect there. I think holistically speaking, there's a lot of things that can be offered there that may, many people overlook. And I think it's, it's right. not good. And I'll, I'll share this with you. So, uh, you know, I was diagnosed with osteoporosis and um, I've had to take injections every six months for that. But then 
the pain was getting very severe and I refused yeah. to take any pain meds at all ever. Right. Um, so I had an MRI yesterday and they called me this morning to tell me that I have severe degenerative disc disease. Now I, and they want me to see an orthopedic and, and I say to myself, I've got this amazing integrative uh, functional medicine doctor. She is trained as a physical therapist. Yeah. I've worked with her before. She does body, mind, and spirit. And I, I was upset with the news, but I knew this was not a, you know, a, a right. death notice for me. And my life wasn't over because this woman, her name is Zazu. Um, she's helped me out of situations like this before with these challenges. So she texted me earlier. I sent her the, the, um, the doctor's notes and she said, I can absolutely help you out of this in a holistic way with extra specific exercises and getting back to your walking. She said, give me twice a week for eight weeks and you will be better than you were before. And I believe her. And I think that's part of it. It's our mindset. Definitely. What are we open to? And are we going to put the work into what we are given? I believe, you know, from spirit, God, universe, whatever, you know, people believe in, but I believe she was brought to me uh, by the universe. And I will have now, I won't have to take any medications and she's going to be once again, my healer. Isn't that wonderful? I love that the way that you describe that, where it's a universe given uh, relationship because I think that there's so many of those in uh, I've had some God week moments. I call them uh, of my own that are just like that, where perfect serendipity, where somebody appears in your life, helps you through a situation and then not gone, but they have a different, yeah. it's just like, wow. And yeah. when I was drinking and drugging, I never would have noticed any of that stuff. I wouldn't have cared. I would have been like, I'm too busy doing what I'm doing over here. And now being in recovery, the sunshine part is you open your whole life up to all these wonderful experiences and even the bad stuff. Like, I don't mind being upset because I know that that's not going to kill me. I know it's not going to be the end of me. Where I was drinking and drugging, all I did is drink and drug so that I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't deal with my emotions. Now, if I'm upset, I'm like, it'll pass. Right. Do it the right way. You know, right. deal with it head on in a positive way. It's it's great. I. I, I want to say this because, you know, I, I'm running um, a recovery group and I do a lot of work globally um, and I speak a lot. My, I have a specific program that I created and it's an integrative approach to recovery. That's just one pathway and it works for me. It does. Yeah, yeah. I don't need anything else. And I do therapy as well. I went back to therapy. But that's just mine. There are so many recovery paths and I, I, I have been told years ago, there's only one way to recover and you have to do it this way. Right. And I walked out and I never looked back. And I, I said, um, I, I think I did a, a podcast yesterday where I, I said, we must learn to embrace all paths of recovery because what works for me isn't going to work for someone else. And individually, inherently, we know what it is that we need to heal and we have to follow our inner guide. So I, I would never say to anyone, oh, you should do it my way. I never use the, the should word ever. Right. I, I can make suggestions if someone asks, but I meet them where they are 
And yes. nobody met me where I was at that time, nobody, but the universe did. And the universe guided me to all of these amazing people and uh, strategies and tools. And, and I explored and discovered, and here we are, I'm going to start my 10th year of recovery. Congratulations. And it. yeah, it's yeah. so great. I, well, you and I have a friend in common, Denise. Yes. Um, yes. She is a wonderful, joyful ray of sunshine in my life. And I have so many others, you know, and, and I can say this, I think without uh, giving away any, any, uh, I'm not going to even call it a secret without giving away any trust, but, but she and I talk as a sponsor sponsee relationship every couple of weeks. And she really helps me uh, with clarity and the realness. Right. And she says something that I love, don't shovel anybody else's shit. And I, I Hi. love, it's so great. And she's just a, a magical, wonderful person. Yes. And she actually got us connected, which I love. Yes. And one of the things that, like you said, being open to relationships and different types of recovery, uh, she's a shining example of that. Oh, where, yeah. And, and, and I love that. And she's opened my eyes. And I've always been recovery agnostic, but I love that she came from a different recovery process. I'm yeah. not going to speak about any detail of her that right. would be irresponsible of me, but I'll say that... Um, She's open and loving and giving to absolutely everybody. And it's it's great. And I love that you are too. And, and I'd love to learn a little bit more about your recovery process and your yeah. programs and, and how you help people, because I think that's where the magic really happens. Um, and before I turn it back over to you, I think that part of recovery is learning to deal with your problems in a positive, mindful way. Um, and for me, sometimes I have to say no to things that I would never have said no to in the past or, you know, do it anyway in a positive way. And I think, like you said, mindset is a very, very big part and I love it. And it doesn't always make me happy at the moment, but afterwards I'm like, I'm glad I did it that way. And be forcing myself to deal with things in a positive way has been so great. And I'm, I'm curious what your programs are like, because I'm fascinated by different styles, different approaches. The most important thing, you know, I, I did this program because I was finding my way. Yeah. And as I found my way and things that worked and didn't work, I just took note of that. And so, again, it's very important to meet the person where they are. Right. So I have people who come to me who say, I want to do what you're doing, but I also want to continue with taking my medication. And I love that because I become part of their treatment team. Yeah. So they have a psychiatrist, they have a possibly and a therapist, and then they have me. So I am an integrative nutrition, holistic health coach, but I also am board certified as a, as a peer specialist. And you have to go through a lot of training in all different areas of mental health for that. And so I'm a peer to them. I have the lived experience, which appeals to a lot of people. Oh, for sure. Right. So the program that I use with people, again, it, I, I take the temperature of the person and I see where they are in their recovery. And then I make recommendations and they can take it or not. And um, the integrative approach to recovery is what I have coined the SPEAR, S-P-E-A-R, and SWIM into wellness program. And so in my former life in living with subs active substance use disorder, 
um, I had been traumatized. So I was always very reactive. Yeah. Somebody said the wrong thing in the wrong way at the wrong time. I jumped down their throat. I didn't think I didn't pause. I didn't breathe. So 10 years now, I have been able to work on these skills through a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, and with many people coaching me along the way. And so the spear part of the program that, that I teach people is the following S is for stop. When you feel, you know, we know what our triggers are. We know, we all know what our triggers are. And in order to, and we know that we have the body-mind connection. So when we are triggered by something, we're going to feel it specifically somewhere in our body. I always get it right in the gut. I feel it tighten up and tense up and my shoulders up to my ears. That's a sign for me. That's my awareness. People, most people have that awareness of being triggered. Most people do, unless they are living with such a severe and persistent mental illness that they don't have that awareness. Most people in the quiet of their space, they know their truth. They know what sets them off. And it's a process to work on. So I say to myself, when I start to feel that those symptoms escalating, stop. Yes. P, pause. Just pause to be present in the present moment and to process it all. Those are the P's for, the, for that letter. And it's important to do that, to pause and to be in the present moment because whatever it is that we're being triggered by, most of the time is not really what we, we think we're being triggered by in the present moment. It's coming from back in our past somewhere. And so I, I encourage people to ask themselves in that moment, what is it that I'm reacting to here? Really stop and pause and take that time. Hmm. Did what that person just said to me, is it really inflammatory? Did it really trigger me in this moment, in the present moment in 2022? Yeah. Or did something happen to me back in 1990 that I have not healed, that I have not spoken my truth about, that I have not talked about and worked on and unpacked? So once you have that truth and you, you process it and you take as long as you need, long as you need to process all of this, then the E is emote. Most people, when they are triggered like that, they react immediately and they push it down, push it down, push. They don't emote. They don't allow themselves to feel. And I'm here to tell everybody who's listening to this, you're allowed to feel however you feel for as long as you feel it. And that. hopefully while you're doing that, you'll be, you'll be working with a, a professional, hopefully, whether it's somebody like me, who's a peer or a coach or a therapist or a psychiatrist or a loved one, someone that's going to be able to validate what it is that you're feeling and tell you, remind you, it's okay to feel this way. And you take as long as you need. Journaling helps me a lot. Writing this book helped me a great deal. So that's the S, the P, and the E of the spear. The A, I love this one, acceptance. Once we're able to emote and we feel what we feel for as long as we feel it, we say to ourselves, this is what happened to me 20 years ago. And I realized that I I reacted today in a, a present moment that had nothing to do with what was said or the situation I found myself in. And I accept that that is a part of my past. 
And hopefully, again, you're going to be able to work with a, a mental health professional or a coach to help you to unpack that. Because here's the beauty of acceptance. It promotes freedom and peace, right? Once we say, yeah, this did happen to me and speak our truth, then we can begin to unpack it and then put it away and put it away. And the R is after all of these, and by the way, this is nonlinear. So you may stop and pause and emote and it may happen again where you didn't even get to the R, which is rest, realign, and reframe. You may have to go back and stop again, right? So you have, it's gonna look different for everybody, but the R is take a rest now. You've allowed yourself to emote. You have spoken your truth. You have practiced acceptance. You're feeling peaceful, rest. And now realign with yourself and your emotions and your body and the universe or whatever it is that you believe in spiritually, um, and then reframe it. And what I mean by that is, now I understand it. I realize where it came from. I realize what I have been suppressing all these years. How do I want to move forward? How do I want to reframe this particular trigger or stress or situation so that when this comes up again in the future, I don't react, but I respond instead constructively. And that's the beauty of the spear part because we have that awareness, we can change the trajectory when it pops up again in the future. It's a choice. And what it does is it builds our resiliency. And the more we are, I always say the universe kicks my ass out of my comfort zone every day. <laughs> Definitely. Right? Every day I get my ass kicked. And what the beauty of that, and I love that, is because I feel like the universe is giving me an opportunity once again to be challenged, but to build my resiliency where I know I'm going to land on my feet and I know I'm going to reframe this in the end. So that's the spear part of the program. And once we've done all of that work, you know, when, when people come to me and we go through and unpack all of that, then I say to them, let's Let's do a simple swim into wellness program. And swim stands for very simply speak your truth. There's no freedom like speaking your truth. The S is speak your truth. That's where you get your freedom from. When, when I spoke my truth that day, after 40 years of holding in trauma and abuse and neglect and self-abuse, and I let it out and I said to the doctor, I'm addicted to my medications. I, I, I exhaled for the first time in 40 years. Wow. So speak your truth. And then the W stands for, it's twofold. What do I need in this moment? W, what do I need in this moment to provide myself with peace and wellness in this moment? Do I need to walk away? Do I need to have a conversation with a professional? Do I need an intervention? What do I need right now in this moment for wellness and peace? And the other, the second W is who can I ask to help me to achieve that goal? Yeah. And by the way, we're writing all of this down. The I is simply implement an integrative approach. So when we're, what I mean by that is body, mind, and spirit, because wellness truly is 
the whole person, treating the whole person, and the understanding that everything that we think, say, do, believe, eat, everything impacts our health. So it could be body, mind, spirit. It could be for the body, exercise. For the mind, it could be um, yoga. And for, for our spirit, it could be prayer, meditation. Whatever resonates with the person, I suggest that. And I suggest they start small. You know, people say, I don't have time for self-care every day. And I say, you don't have time not to take, get up half hour early and practice self-care because that is what is going to bring us sustained wellness. And then the, the M is make a daily commitment to your wellness. And we write all of this down. And in my book, actually, there are places at the back of the book for a weekly schedule. And when you get to the end of the week, you look at it. What worked for me? What were my strengths? What do I, what do I still want to work on to, to arrive at a different outcome? I never use the word weakness because I don't believe we have these weaknesses. I just feel that perhaps we can have a different perspective and work at it from a different angle and be more successful that resonates with us. So that's the spear and swim into wellness. The other thing I just want to mention is that the first thing you see when you open my book is the quote that I wrote, which is self-care is the actions that we take to achieve wellness and wellness is where we stand in our power. And I think in recovery, there's nothing more profound than than that saying, I feel like um, I, I liken our, our self-care me time. I, I was telling a client today, I said, it's think about your bank account. Every single day you are paying out expenses, whether it's for a coffee, gas in the car, a babysitter, whatever it is, you're paying money out, money out, money out. And you have to keep depositing money into that account so that you don't go bankrupt. And I, I like to make that analogy of our wellness in the same way. So every day we are expending our energy in a variety of ways, family obligations, jobs, whatever it is for us. And if we are not stopping and taking time to practice whatever resonates for us, practice daily self-care, we're just giving out and giving out and giving out eventually we're going to hit the wall going 90 and we are going to be energetically bankrupt body, mind, and spirit. So it's important to take self-care time. I, I love that every bit of it because I have recently learned, and I think Wendy, you and I talked about this in a phone call before today, uh, the importance for me and the impact of taking the next step in my recovery through therapy. So being clean and sober for nearly four years was an absolutely critical, important first step, but it uncovered some trauma and some issues. And again, I have to be careful here. And I, I don't want anyone listening to think that I am not taking full and 100% responsibility for my addictions. I am, I'm the one that drank, I'm the one that drugged. Pause. But there were some underlying issues that needed to be tended to and dealt with, which I didn't deal with for my entire life. And then I buried it all and covered it up with addiction. And then now that I am not drinking and drugging, the nerve endings are exposed because they're not they're not numbed with the alcohol and the drugs. 
And at first I was really struggling and, and our, our friend Denise knew it, picked up on it and said, Hey, I, I think that, you know, this might be going on. And we had talked and then my wife and I had talked and I was turning into a mess. I wasn't drinking or drugging, but I was turning into just like a very angry, volatile person. I didn't even like myself. I mean, um, and then I, what, what I realized through talking with my wife um, and Denise that therapy is a, a, maybe a, a good option to take a look at. And I've done that. And it has been tremendously helpful to deal with the core issues. And just how you said emote, I'm able to just talk through things with my therapist yes. in a safe environment, in a positive way where I can express myself, talk about how it makes me feel, deal with it in a positive sense and retreat for a little bit emotionally or learn how to sense my trigger and then either excuse myself or take a moment, drop my keys as Denise says, um, and then pick them up metaphorically. And all of that, just like you described has been, and I'm talking way more than I normally do on my, my, my show. So forgive me, but the, I love the ownership and then working the process in a positive way. Cause that really is everything. I, I love what you just described. 1000%. And what I tell my clients, I, I have a lot of people that I work with and they'll say to me, I've been clean for 20 years and I'll, I, I pick, you know, I'm trained to look at this. I have lived experience, field experience. And I can tell that they are living with mental health challenges, disorders, mental and a mental illness. And when I ask them if they have gotten the appropriate support for their mental health, the, the answer that I get nine out of 10 times is, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. I they go to 12 step meetings or they have other recovery places that, where they get support. But the truth is many people, and I, I'm not sure it's a high percentage. I'm not sure of the exact percentage, but when we're living with a substance use or alcohol use disorder um, or an eating disorder for that matter, there is a co-occurring mental health disorder co-occurring. What I mean by that is it is occurring simultaneously at the same time as this other disorder. And so if we're not treating the mental health piece and we're just getting somebody off drugs or alcohol or, you know, sex or gambling, whatever, that person is still living with a mental health disorder. And I'm, you know, one of the things that I'm working on now is I've started a campaign, global campaign to normalize mental health. Because the truth is that people don't want to get help many times from what I see in my practice and, and just speaking because of the stigma, because yeah. they're ashamed, because people point their fingers at people who live with mental illness. But the truth is we all have mental health. No question. And we have to take care of our mental health in the same way that we take care of our physical health. And especially during this pandemic, there has been such a substantial increase in mental health disorders, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. I am an educator and trainer in suicide safety and mental health first aid. I, I get these statistics all the time and it's it's just frightening. So this global campaign of mine, I've started a focus group and we're, we're brainstorming on ways that 
we can globally come together online and change the language, number one. We need to change the language and we need to offer a safe space with no judgment on mental health. And we need to come from a public health approach where we, we understand that everybody has mental health. So words that are being used out, out, even in the school districts where I was doing my trainings, things like, you're crazy, you're insane, you're bipolar, you're a loony, you're an addict, you're an alcoholic, you're a junkie. All of these inappropriate descriptions of what people think a person living with a mental health disorder is, and by the way, substance use disorder is a mental health disorder, that language must be changed because we are not defined. We are not defined by our disorders. I'm Wendy, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, I'm an author, I'm a teacher. I'm a lot of beautiful things. I'm filled with love. I am not an addict. I live with substance use disorder that happens to be in remission now. And what I also wanna say is many people they beat themselves up when they relapse. And what I say is we really have to teach about these disorders because just like um, cancer or diabetes, they, those are diseases or disorders that have recurring symptoms. So does a brain disease like substance use or alcohol use disorder have the capacity to have recurring symptoms. So there's nothing to be ashamed of when we feel unwell. What we need to do is what a cancer patient would do or what a diabetes or a heart patient would do and pick up the phone and say, I'm feeling unwell and I need some help without any shame put yeah. upon that person. Yeah, I, I think I, I like to say, well, and I'm, I didn't, everyone says this, I think so I'm not unique to this, but it takes a village. And I think what when, at the beginning of our conversation, you, you know, identifying your triggers and your safe places. So what I have learned in recovery is I have go-to people in my life that I can pick up the phone and have a conversation with. And the same problem, I can deal with that same problem with different friends or relationships in a different way. One, I can call and complain with, and they listen and no issues. Someone else will call and maybe give me a counterpoint discussion around it in a logical sense. And someone will just uh, help me blow off steam and, and laugh and joke about it. And I say all that because I've, what I have learned in recovery is it does, it absolutely takes a village and you can never do it alone. I don't believe. And being able to know who your allies and your friends and the people that will, that have your back are, can get you through those triggered moments, can get you through um, bouts of not feeling well, because I, I, I do have them. And I would go for weeks struggling and, and like white knuckling uh, the issue instead of coping with it in a positive sense. So in my mind, I was already parked in front of the liquor store. I didn't go in yet, but in my mind, I was parked in front of the bar. And all it took literally would be one bad moment and I was in there. Yeah. And therapy and having my village has helped me deal with that in books like yours. Like I haven't read your book yet to be fair to listeners because it just came out today, but I love to well, it came out a week ago, but it just arrived today. Just arrived today. So forgive yeah. me, Wendy, I apologize. Oh, for that. Don't but, apologize. No. Um, I absolutely love what you're saying because I, I, and the other point too, my, my wife and I, our children, um, I don't want to talk out of turn, but our oldest has some 
not anxiety issues, but he gets super hyper and, you know, has blow ups and things. All kids go through that kind of stuff. And I'm not one to knee jerk reaction. Oh my God, this or that. But my wife suggested, Hey, let's, let's really change his diet. And for both of our kids, and it's been a week and the impact has been enormous to the point where I, I'm their father. So please take this with a grain of salt for listeners. I barely recognize my children's behavior in a positive sense. Like I can't believe the difference just by changing, like you said, little things, what they have for breakfast, what they have for lunch, and then what we have for dinner. And taking away all of the sugary red dye snacks and, you know, all of that makes, I cannot believe. So can I interject and applaud you and your wife for that? So part of my program is nutritionally based. And that's really where a great deal of my expertise is. And what you say about sugar is so true. Sugar is known, studies show that it causes anxiety. It causes an increased risk for depression. It it has 0% nutritional value and it causes inflammation on a cellular level. So I love that, that you, you bring this up. And, you know, I do meal plans with people and we little by little, I try gluten is another very inflammatory substance. So we try to remove that little baby steps, right? Baby steps. I said to a client the other day, I'm not, I don't want you to do everything at once. I just want you, you're having three sodas a day, replace one of those sodas with a water, an eight ounce glass of water. We'll do this slowly. And so, um, that is how I recovered. I, I completely cut out gluten and cow's dairy because that's also very inflammatory and processed foods. I don't have any processed foods and then GMOs. Um, I only eat gluten-free grains. And so a lot of protein and, and organic veggies, nuts and seeds for my snacks. I'm very, very careful. But then again, you know, there are there are things like a small piece of dark chocolate, it's organic, and that's a great antioxidant or a cup of blueberries. So all of the healthy foods that we're eating or not eating, it's a choice. So if we're, if we're going to eat healthy, then we are promoting uh, wellness on a cellular level. If we are eating all the unhealthy stuff, the sodas and the fast foods, and we're taking you know, unhealthy substances, we're promoting inflammation on a cellular level and all disease begins in the gut. And that's where most of our immune system is housed. So if we are, if we are creating inflammation in our gut, in addition to chronic stress, then what happens is um, we are creating inflammation in the immune system. And just a note for your listeners, which they may find of interest, we we produce primarily in our gut dopamine, the happy hormone, and serotonin, those neurotransmitters we produce in our gut. So if we are under chronic stress and we're not spearing, taking the time to unpack and, and rest and all of the steps I outlined earlier, um, and so chronic stress and we're eating the wrong foods and we're drinking alcohol, we are not Uh, getting enough exercise where our brain is not able to work properly, all of the things that are unhealthy that I was doing in my life, that what happens is it suppresses the production of that, those neurotransmitters in the gut. And we know that the gut and the brain 
communicate with each other constantly. They say that our second brain is the gut lining. And so if we're suppressing those neurotransmitters we need for good brain health and the gut can't speak to the brain in our head, we are setting ourselves up for potentially for a mental health disorder. We have to take care of our gut health, our immune health, so that our body and brain work synchronous, synchronously. I love that because I, the impact it's had on our children in just a week has been immense. And we've been eating the same type of foods that we're giving our kids. We're not being hypocrites about it. So we're eating better um, and quality foods and getting rid of the, the packaged things and all of that, which is hard, right? I mean, we had to do quite a bit of research. And when you look the first time, foods that are bad for you, not foods that are bad for you, but foods that contain the dyes and the sugars and things, the list is enormous. Yeah. So what we did to combat the convenience factor is plan the meals, go shopping and prep snacks, prep meals, prep dishes in advance. So it's not a burden to cook. And all of a sudden it's easier. We realized in just a week that I love this. It's getting easier because we're planning ahead. And do I grab a, a Dorito? Cause we've got some residual Doritos and stuff laying around and stuff. I, we still do, but we're hoping that that will be going away, but it's a baby steps. And the other baby side step. with the, uh, the workouts for me, because I did, my recovery was a psychosomatic approach. I started with walking and biking and boxing and, and things. And I am now doing CrossFit and it's very important. And the difference in my day when I eat well and work out, because I work out at 6 a.m. So I get it, I can check the box. I start my day reaching a goal. I get up in the morning to get started. And it's a routine. When I do that, I am in a much better mood with much more energy then if I don't, if I sleep in, I'm tired all damn day. Yeah. So all of that. And I love this approach. I love the mental health aspect. I love the self-care. I love the diet. I love the doing the work, right? The exercise and, and all of that. Because I don't think anyone that says it's one thing, or it, I think that they're wrong. I think that it's a holistic approach for everything. And you yeah. have to figure out the balance. I you really do. You have to figure out the balance. And you have to figure out what, what resonates with you. I want to say one thing about exercise. It's exciting research, and it shows that when we do high-intensity uh, impact aerobics or high-intensity walking outdoors, thirty minutes, right? That there's something that happens that's called neurogenesis, which creates what's a neuroblast in the brain, where neurons are actually produced. Some of them die off after they are produced, but some of them go on to become viable brain tissue. And in the addicted brain, this re research shows that it is amazing in helping one to heal from substance use disorder addiction. So exercise is key in recovery. It's great to hear because it's been a, it's, 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 been life-saving for me in many aspects and i have a question actually on that in that same general vicinity the the one aspect um of recovery for not just exercise and diets and self-care is uh around nutrition what when baby steps there's, it, there's so much bad food out there it is really hard to figure out what you can and can't eat 
And I'm fascinated about that. I'd love to have you back on the show to talk specifically about programs and things to help people through the recovery process around that, because it's been so vital for me. So my question is like, how do people find your book? How do people get in touch with you to get help so that they can start their journeys or continue theirs if, if they've already started? Yeah, thank you for that. So the book is on Amazon. Uh, .com, Amazon.ca, Kindle, Barnes and Noble. Um, you can just, the, the name of the book is Write, W-R-I-T-E, Write, Pray, Recover, A Journey to Wellness Through Spiritual Solutions and Self-Care. You can even go to my website, Write, W-R-I-T-E, PrayRecover.com. And there's, as soon as you get to the landing page, there's a link for Amazon right there and folks can uh, purchase it there. And if you're interested in more information on my coaching program or all of the trainings that I do, the name of my business is harmonioushealthforlife.com. That's the number four, harmonioushealthforlife.com. I love it. And I will have all of the links for everything you just described in the show notes. So people listening can just click on the show notes, go buy the book, take out your website to sign up for uh, one of your programs or, or take all of those necessary steps Well, Wendy, it has been absolutely delightful to have you on the show. I learned so much from you today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I look forward to seeing you again. My pleasure. 